0: Greetings, everybody. Welcome to Keys to Your Best Life. I'm your host, Maggie Cavanaugh, and I have the amazing Jennifer with me today, Jennifer McGill. Some of you know her, and if you do not know her, you need to know her because she is an amazing woman of God. She is a a songwriter, a speaker. I mean, her bio is just so long. It would take the whole 30 minutes to go into it. I'm for real, okay? (laughs) 30 years in the industry of leading worship, writing songs, pop singer, you name it, she's done it. But you probably recognize her because her face has been out there for years as part of the Mickey Mouse the new Mickey Mouse Club in the late '80s and early '90s, and I was just starting to have kids, Jennifer, and it was like for me, it was like the coolest thing because I remember like a jet, uh, a net. We used to call her full of jello. That's so wrong, maybe. <laughs> <a little. laughs> So wrong on many real levels. I was not a Christian when I was a kid. Let me put that out there. Welcome <laughs> to the show, Jennifer. How are you? Great, great. Thank,
1: thank you for having me. it's It's wonderful to see you again. I'm sorry it's not in person as usual, but I'm yeah. just so happy to be here with you and share this time.
0: Oh, my goodness. I would love to hug your neck because I, you guys just don't know. This woman is so incredibly sweet. We run in the same circles. I think the first time I met you was maybe at the TV station. Yes. Yeah. Mount Juliet. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. And so since then, I mean, I just her passion for what she does, but not only that, her transparency, and I'm all about keeping it real. And I love how you share your story, but you guys, we'll get, we're going to get into the story. So I want you guys to share this out with your friends, family, colleagues, get it out so everybody can see. But before we get too far into it, I'm excited about the new stuff you got coming down the pike here. So tell us what's going on in your life. Well, so recently, uh, my husband and I were in a
1: new home, which you kind of see behind me, I'm developing a a studio within my office here where I'm able to film more things, I'm able to do more photo shoots and I do a monthly stage at benefit concert. For those of you who don't know what stage it is, uh, it's a a live broadcast, like a a small ticket price, but you come into this live broadcast environment and it's not like Facebook Live where it's recorded and then you can watch it later. It's kind of a one night only live moment where I get to perform some some old Mickey Mouse Club songs and some songs from my 2017 Unbreakable album. And we raise money for some of my favorite charities. And I do that once a month. So I'm now starting to broadcast within this studio, which is very exciting. But also based on like video stuff, my husband and I have just launched a new company called Milestone Melodies. And this is a huge way that we get to take care of families uh, who are interested in taking care of their loved ones in a new commemorative way. It's all audio and visual commemorative services where we write tailored, customized songs for your daughter's wedding, for your daddy-daughter dance, your anniversary, your birthday, um, even uh, celebrating someone who's passed. And through that audio, as well as then choreographing a video to that, like snapshots or video footage, basically we create this audio-visual commemorative gift Uh, that lasts forever, it's really like a legacy. And so we're really excited about launching that. And you can go to milestonemelodies.com or we're on Facebook as well to see more of what we do. Lots of YouTube videos as well. And finally, coming up on Black Friday, alwaysintheclub.com, it's a foundation made up of former Mouseketeers. We are releasing a Christmas album. It's called Why? Because it's Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and that is available for pre-sale right now and I do have a beautiful solo that my husband produced and um we have group numbers I'm actually filming my part of the video footage for Go tell it on the mountain. I don't know if I'm supposed to say that, but you know, you heard it here. <laughs> I'm, I'm basically putting that together so that we can bring you know more life to that project in the next few weeks. Oh,
0: that's one of my favorite songs. I love that, and I know your vocals because I actually have the 2017 Unbreakable CD, uh, <laughs> and it is amazing. If you guys have not checked that out, you need to check it out because it is just you know how sometimes you get in your car and you just need something that's really gonna and there's something therapeutic about driving and, and, you know, listening to good music. And so Jennifer's CD is like one of my favorites and I absolutely love your voice and can't wait to hear it. Go tell it on the mountain. You heard it (laughs) first right here on keys to your best life. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. So, so for the audience, most of them probably know you because you are, have been in the show business for over 30 years. My goodness. You don't even look old enough to do that. You you started as a kid, you know, that's the trick. Start yes. when you're a minor. <laughs> yeah, yes. Start when you're a minor to have yeah. that legacy of years in the industry. And so forth. Yeah. how old were you, Jennifer, when you got started? I know you started at pageants, right?
1: Right. Yes. So my first actual stage performance was in preschool. I was <laughs> Dorothy in The Wizard of Oz, and I think they had to like velcro my feet to the big silver shoes i was supposed to be wearing or something. So and and Toto was a koala bear. But i got that gig because i had memorized the little storybook and and told it to the class by heart. So i knew very early, my mother knew very early on that this was something that i was naturally going to move towards. And really, you're right with pageants Singing became my sport. It was really my competition. And so I would examine the stage. I would look at the trophies and the crowns and I would say, I want that one. And I'd go for it, you know, and I was not interested at all in the beauty part. I was interested in the singing as loud and as high as possible and getting those crowns. And so I did do that for about three years. And I did have a lot of success there, which led me, my final competition led me to a children's agent out of Dallas, Texas. I'm from Texas. And on a handshake with my mother, she represented me. And one of the first auditions I got was the Mickey Mouse Club. And by the way, Maggie, you might not know this, but the original job was going to be for a movie about the original Mouseketeers called Why? Because We Like You. And I was going to play either Darlene or Doreen, depending on how much I grew up by the time they started filming. But then the writer strike in Los Angeles at the end of the 80s happened and they shifted all of our tapes to the final audition for the TV show. So I signed my contract when I was 10 Like, you know, like, it's kind of like the Willy Wonka thing, like sign away, Charlie, we got nothing to lose. Like, let's just do this, you know, let's figure it out. And it was a contract for seven seasons. And we thought, well, you know, it may not last that long, but good Lord, it absolutely lasted all seven seasons through my senior year in high school. From fifth grade to 12th grade, I was a working professional in a full-time job.
0: Wow. That's so amazing. And there were some pretty impressive people there with you.
1: Well, yes. I mean, every single person had such a unique gifting, and I really am am proud that I was able to kind of swim in those waters of diversity, honestly, and see how beautiful everyone was in their own way. Um, and now, of course, what I love is that a lot of those people have gotten noticed. Of course, it, you know. We have a lot of celebrities. Maybe they're not all new celebrities. These are people we would have encountered in the late 90s, early 2000s in the bubblegum pop movement. We've got Justin Timberlake, Britney Spears, Christina Aguilera, Kerry Russell, and Ryan Gosling, huge heavy hitting actors. We also have Tony Luca from The Voice. Now, Rona Bennett, she's in En Vogue, a absolutely amazing, beautiful 90s R&B group that is still kicking today. Dee Dee Magno is actually one of the leading characters in Steven Universe. It's amazing how we've all kind of grown up and branched out and impacted the world in such different ways.
0: Wow, I love it. And I love the fact that you fell in love with Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> And you are impacting not only the world with entertainment and quality stuff, but you're also impacting the kingdom for the further of the gospel. And that's powerful. And, you know, it's so funny because I lived, you know, I did you so you lived in the uh, I lived in Winter Park hmm. And so you were in the Orlando area. I didn't even know you back then. Of course, why, yeah. why, you know, why would I? But, you know, I mean, we were in different circles. You know, you. Yeah. Were, I think my kids are probably about your age. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> May, I don't know. I, you know what?
1: You know, the whole joke about the whole baby face. I can't tell what anybody's age is, because when I look in the mirror, I know what I am. And I, I can't figure it out. So who knows? Who
0: knows? <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. But wow, being in, you know, it was a very diverse group that took off different areas in life. But what was it like being a child star? You know, that, I mean, that's a working professional at the age of 10. I mean, some uh, adults can't handle that. <laughs> Young adults, 18-year-olds, you know, going yeah. to college or whatever. You know, how, what was that like?
1: I would say that I had a lot of help because when you're a minor and you have to be, led through the set you could you can't just go unsupervised everywhere. Um, It's helpful to have your adults around to help guide you. Um, They were very organized in our production. We had itineraries and for me I am one of the few organized creatives and so I actually thrived with an organized production schedule. I, I really when I look back on it I didn't necessarily have a big social life during taping months outside of the show, because I would go home and it was probably 630. I caught up on that day's episode of the Mickey Mouse Club on the Disney channel, uh, reviewed all of my VHS tapes and stuff, and learned my script for the next day and kind of had to go to bed. I, you know, we did homework. I mean, I was very, I was a workaholic when I was itty bitty. And it seemed very uh, normal for me to progress with this this job job, you know, I mean, think of all the hours before that, that my mother and I were putting into uh, pageant rehearsals and working on costuming and hand motions and memorizing lyrics. And then I would go perform around the neighborhood, around uh, different city functions, like the Lions Club. I was singing in church. I was very busy anyway. And I was in the gifted program as far as, you know, the classes that you take in grade school. So it was, we were always sort of Pushing towards this life of excellence, my mother was huge on ed- education. She was a gifted resource teacher herself, and oh. so you know both of her kids were are gifted uh, in the label of that. Everybody's gifted, but you know what I'm saying. Um, yes. And so, and so you know I think I feel like that trajectory made sense with me then getting on the show and really taking it seriously and really loving. I would say the constant tug of war between I'm asked to be an adult in my presentation and my work environment, but I'm asked to be a kid in my performance. And yeah. so for for all for all of that, I thrived much better on that side of professionalism versus feeling like I I was um, you know cool and popular and made sense socially. That took a lot longer for me to kind of rest in my identity. So but I loved my time on that show because I loved the work.
0: Yeah, whenever you are, uh, you know, God creates us with gifts and talents and, and and passion. And whenever you have the gift and talent, but yet you're passionate about it at a young age, it's just, a, it's it's just how you flow. It's who you are. And so it becomes so natural. And still today, you are an amazing performer uh, whenever it comes to that. But even more than that, you're a worshiper. So you did a step of a worship leader. Are you, you're not leading worship right now, right? Or no? Not right now. Not okay. right now. You know, I
1: think that there's a lot of factors that, of course, make sense in this environment but I, I did feel a shift and really Milestone Melodies is one of those big shifts where my husband and I felt that this was the best way that we could combine our talents especially right now when we are still in the time of isolation you know social distancing this is a way that we can love on people with with parts of our talent that we really really love spending time on which for me actually is video editing that's something that I didn't realize growing up with that tv production eye it really trained me to editing and how to create beautiful moments of of visuals that now I can use to help other people as as Jeff and I and our our company create music, you know for people. So really, we've shifted in that way. Um, and yes, I've poured a lot of my ministry into the Unbreakable album. Um, I, I do have an Unbreakable course that I did teach. And at some point I'll have that available on DVD or not yeah, DVD, like people buy that. Maybe they do, but let's say, you know, <laughs> digitally there will be a download available at some point. But I would say the other side of that is I'm a president of PCG Online. And what that is, is that I'm helping towards the curriculum of artist development in PCG artist development, that company. And so what I do is I mentor young artists, um, a lot of females who are going through that same age range when I was trying to figure everything out on television, dealing with hormones and workloads and learning how to be an independent business person, how to create art, how to keep yourself together, how to know how to be transparent, right? Um, hopefully helping them avoid some of the, the pitfalls and the trenches I had to get through you know, during that time, so I'm giving back in that way as well, just being a mentor in PCG artist development in that way.
0: Oh, wow! I absolutely love that. I, I'm launching a mentoring uh, type program for tweens and teens in January. On it, not on a, not on a, this type of thing. You know, not to it mentoring them in their identity of who they are in Christ, and you know, talking about the tough stuff that nobody wants to talk about—sex, drugs, and rock and roll. But yeah, uh, right. you know, pretty much <laughs> everything. I'm telling you, like the gray areas need
1: need light and love and ministering. They do. And I'm very passionate about that too. A lot of my unbreakable album is about, you know, that un- the universal language of power and you're not alone and yeah, you get knocked down. That's what the world can do, but that is not how you can stay. You know, don't let the negativity stay let, like wrestle those challenges, know that you're not alone wrestling those challenges and know that you're not weird because right. these are the issues you're going through. You know, I totally I'm supported hundred percent. Love yeah. it.
0: Yes. Yeah. You know, we, whenever we think about normal, you know, I mean, really, normal is the cycle in the washing machine, nothing more. It is because, you know, we're uniquely and fearfully, wonderfully made. And we're all going to have some of the same struggles. Jesus said it was going to happen. You know, he said, in this world, you will have tribulations. So cheer up. Uh, I've overcome the world. And that's what I love about the unbreakable CD, is because when I've got it on the car, I just feel like such an overcomer you know yeah, yeah. You that's know, what it was for it's like yeah, right. i might get knocked down yeah i might get my knee skin but i'm gonna get back up i'm gonna dust myself off yeah. and i am keep on going and that's so exciting but listen this thing you're doing with your husband I cannot tell you how excited I am about that. And I I definitely want to make sure that we get the link. For those of you watching, whether you're watching this on Periscope, YouTube, Facebook, wherever you're watching, we're going to make sure the link is in there. Because listen, cherishing moments in life and legacy is just like, I think about both of my parents have passed, they're in heaven, you know, and I think about my sister did some oral history, you know, with them before they died. And I think about, you know, the photographs and all of that. And what you guys are doing, you're taking all that stuff to a whole nother level. And ah, sound and audio and specialized music. Oh my goodness, it's going to be. Well, One of my favorite parts is that, you know, once you've gone through the process of,
1: of ordering the service, we ask you to write a letter to your loved one. And so we have songwriters who customize those lyrics based on your heart pouring out in in what you give us to work with. And and honestly, every time this is finished and our family is either surprising their daughter during the daddy-daughter dance or a husband is surprising his wife for their anniversary, it's tears. And we we see it like we have phone calls and we have video testimonials and and just the the impact is almost like we feel sheepish even saying thank you because it's just not about us right but it's like finally we're able to have a way that our art can bless people in a universal way that stays it's it it, it won't collect us it's not something you just take out for Christmas for the tree. It is year round something that you can celebrate with this song that you can play for people. You can have it on your phone. I just, I just, my mind blow, is blown about how we can help people this way and really extend that love like globally, you know, if possible. So I share your excitement. I want more people to try us out and to, to talk about it and to give us feedback because we're just so excited. It's a very new business, but we're very excited about these first, these first few months.
0: Oh, I, absolutely. And you're in a fairly, what, two years of marriage, maybe three years? Oh, or- you know
1: what? We just celebrated our fourth year in October. What? I yeah. know. No, you no, were no, around no, when no. I was getting married. It's I remember, crazy. I, oh
0: my gosh. I was thinking it was like two years. Okay. That means that it's been way too long for the thing to seen <laughs> Four grow.
1: Well, marriage. at least I still look cute. You know, I hear that sometimes it's a
0: lot of work to be married. So at least I'm okay so far. <laughs> love, you know, I love how the Lord's taken your talents and his talents, blending them together and then launching a business, you know, to become one flesh. But whenever you go into business with your spouse, it's all another level because all of those creative pieces that you have, I always tell people all the time, he's got something that you don't have and you got something he doesn't have, but together what a beautiful picture in helping people with their legacy. So I love that. Love it, love it, love it. So, wow. So during, you know, how did you transition out of being a teen star to You're on TV all the time, you know, all the time. How did you transition into, uh, you know, I know you you live here in the middle Tennessee area. And so did you just up and move here, or how did all that go down for those that don't know? So I'm going to work
1: backwards really quick because um, just last week I went into Walmart and, you know, you've got the mask on and I'm returning some clothes. And I think it was just uh, the, the lady over the counter, her name is Annette. And she said, um, "Why are you returning these clothes?" And I was like, "Ah, oh, they're just not the right size." Do you want a gift card? No. Yeah, it's fine. Whatever. And she goes, "Is your name Jennifer?" And I said, "Yes." She said, "I'm a big fan. I bought the Christmas album." And I was like, oh, "I I live here. This is great. It's so great to meet you." And I'm thinking, I'm literally like, all she sees is this, and we're talking about we're talking about sizes of clothing, right? Wow. And it was just so impactful because I remember during the show, even the last season airing when I was in college in New York University, like big city New York, still people will pop up and recognize me and it's always a surprise. It's always like, oh right, this still makes sense, I guess. Like that they even just with my eyes or maybe the tone of my voice and it just boggles, it really boggles me that and it humbles me that people are that attached to something that I've put out there that's my vocal fingerprint, you know, just something about me that they can recognize like that, especially someone who's never met me before in person. And so that really humbles me as far as not anything about me, but the dedication of those fans. What was really special about that time was that that was, of course, back before social media. Nobody had cell phones. I'm pretty sure the little kids didn't have pagers. (laughs) And the only way that you could connect was through that television, right? And snail mail. And so you know, we'd send out an autograph every now and again. I think they would sometimes send us envelopes of letters that we could write back to, you know, through the Disney Channel. But from our fans perspective, they grew up with us. And especially with me over seven years of looking at me on, you know, on the television, I literally went from a preteen all the way to, well, right before I turned 18, you know? And so it was, I can imagine, I can only imagine like what that would mean to be attached to someone like that. And so over time, what was interesting for me as far as letting go, I always mourned each season when it was done because so much of my value I felt was in what I was doing for that show. I loved the work, I felt very at home and I felt like I was you know, serving my purpose uh, while we were working. But when I would come away from it, I would really have like this two week period of like, yeah, what am I gonna do with my life? Like every time. <laughs> and so what was interesting was what helped me detach from that show as I moved forward, was encountering fans every now and again. And then seeing so many of my Mouseketeer friends start becoming famous, I thought, wow, look, we're continuing, like we're going on. This is proof that you know we really are as talented as we think or whatever. Um, And then though, to be completely transparent, there was a season, it was a good long season where I, I didn't understand what had been growing inside me since I was a little person. There was this self doubt, there was this issue with, um, when I was 12 years old, production had told me, do not gain any more weight. And I was 12, right? And so even though I never was into the beauty pageants growing up, all of a sudden, I felt like I was forced into one in my mm-hmm. job. And I started realizing now, again, this is just this, is this was a fact from that production company. But it wasn't a truth that I that I could have let st- that I could have I could have let go of that. It, was, um, it wasn't a fact that I was not good enough, right? That my body or my look was less than, but I allowed that sort of secret truth to stay there and grow. And so by the time that show was done and that validation was sort of fading, mm-hmm. I would see all these other celebrities grow and I wasn't doing that same path. And I felt very, very sad and, and um, I felt like I'd failed you know? Mm -hmm. So I did go through a very long season of questioning my identity and struggling to try to do it all by myself without God. You know, I definitely had a falling away time where uh, I looked back on my journals and it's, I never left God. I was always talking about God and making a kind of making my wish like he was a genie, you know? Um, (laughs) But then I came back around, you know, there was, there was definitely a come to Jesus moment where uh, basically around the time I turned 30, I got on my knees and I confessed that I had been trying to force a life upon myself, like without Jesus involved, without listening to any advice from the Holy Spirit, et cetera. And uh, I was done trying to do it by myself because I was more miserable and lifeless than I had ever been, like so void of purpose and so isolated where I was. And, um, you know, that, that moment I'll never forget and I'll never go back to living like that again because, you know, that's why I made the Unbreakable album as a fighter album because yeah. that's what most of my life really was was fighting for understanding how I was created and why fighting to mm-hmm. celebrate even my flaws or even the challenges in life fighting to overcome the losses in my life and to realize that I have so much more to give even through my mistakes and learning from them than giving up you know and so it's been a long, long fight, but I, I feel like that, you know, again, since, since about 10 years ago, I really feel like, you know, God and I have been great <laughs> that, that I, I feel like I've been able to give back, you know what I mean, and really give back in my imperfection. That's what mm. I've been able to celebrate, is that that's part of it. Like you said, this world is not going to be perfect, and we're not going to be perfect in this world, but that doesn't mean you, you throw out everything. You don't throw yourself away. And I, I did that for a long time, and now I don't.
0: It's a lot of pressure, a lot of pressure on yourself. And we do that as women specifically men deal with it some, you know, with their identity and so forth. And I can see where, you know, I had all all kinds of identity problems just on the other end of it, not from, you know, being in um, an industry that, you know, uh, had me into that position where I was constantly trying to look good, sound good and all of that. And I can see where that would be in a tremendous amount of pressure, but you did it so with such ease and such grace. And, you know, I'm, I'm a firm believer we don't have the mountaintop experiences unless we've been in the valley and coming out of that, you know, it can be painful, you know, but God has got you on the mountain again, girl. And I just love seeing what he's doing uh, with you and your husband and this new Christmas album coming out. Can't wait to hear it. Where is it going to be? A, is it out now or is there, it, there is a link I'm sure I can
1: get for you, which is the pre-sale link. But even better, it may be better to give you the people.com article, because people did an article on the album. Awesome. And um, they debuted, you know, who's doing what as far as what the album songs are. And then, and then basically right now, if you've pre-ordered, you can preview the songs. So, you're able to listen in, like, on the like, however much that is 30 seconds long or whatever. So, yeah, basically, we have a link so that you can buy it ahead of time. Um, And then it releases officially, it drops on Black Friday, which I believe is November 27th.
0: Nice. So that's right around the corner, y'all. So listen, every year you should add to your music collection. I'm just a firm believer in that. I know, you know some of the songs are just classic songs that we listen to every year, but you need a splash of some Disney folks in there. So right. make sure to get that album and definitely check out her business. So Jennifer, if you could leave the audience with a key, um, any type of key to encourage them today, what would that key be? Well, I've
1: experienced from a lot of people I've been talking with in the last few years. Um, of course, we are a diverse community of Christians and Jesus followers and uh, givers of light and love. And I think that what I have boiled everything down to talking about you know, ministering in the gray areas, et cetera, what I hold true to when I feel like there's a lot going on and I need to simplify my focus in order to stay connected to God and and how to love the world and myself correctly. I do boil it down to love God, love yourself, love others in that order because we are humans and we're gonna run out of steam. We're gonna have bad days and better days, et cetera. But if we can connect to why we're here, how we're made, who gives us our strength and love, make sure that we're good, that we understand how beautiful and valuable we are and how powerful our love can be then it's time to give that to other people and to show them that connection as well. And in that way, it's just a wonderful connection, like just linking everyone together. And I feel that that is how we actually gain light and love for the kingdom is through that simple but powerful reconnection or extension
0: of that love. Wow, that's absolutely beautiful and it's so true. You know, we we are in a state right now where there's a lot going on in the world and we have to extend love and kindness. But if you do not experience the love of God, you don't really know what that is. And I know I fought for my identity for a long time. And finally, I was just content with, okay, God, this is how you created me. I'm not going to try to stick myself in a box. So for those of you watching, make sure you love today. That was beautifully said, Jennifer we love you we thank you and i hope all of you all will get this out to your friends and families and loved ones make sure you get the album check out this new business jennifer always a pleasure to visit with you i love you sweet sister thank you so much for taking time to be on here today you're so welcome bye everybody bye y'all